Good morning. So glad to see uh, so many of the opportunities that uh, are coming up to get involved in uh, the church and uh, how important that is. If, if you were wondering, um, I was thinking about it, uh, that uh, being a church member, maybe stepping up to be a part of a, a team, how important that is. Um, I don't get to go often, but I really like going to the Laker games. And uh, so every time I go, you know what? Never once have they asked me to play. I'm ready. I mean, I stretch out ahead of time. All they got to do is say, Steve, you're in. And I'm, I'm out there. Uh, and, and I realize afterward the reason they don't ask me to play is they don't know that I'm on the team. Right? And that's really what uh, church membership is about. That's what uh, stepping up and saying, you know, I want to be a part of what's going on. And so I would encourage you, uh, you may not get to play for the Lakers either, but you could certainly step up and be a part of the community and let them know you're on the team. Uh, there's not been a time in my walk with the Lord where I haven't been involved in church life that I regretted it. Right? There's, there's never been a time when I step back and say, that was just a waste of my time. Um, I taught uh, fourth grade Sunday school when my daughter was, was in that grade. And uh, I, I could tell you how enriching that was for me because those fourth graders are like old. <laughs> Some of them are married. Uh, there's one teaching my youngest today. And uh, how exciting that is to see them now uh, serving and being a part of the community of Christ. So I would encourage you to do that. Uh, we are uh, continuing in our heart attitudes today. And we're looking at uh, heart attitude number two. That we would live an honest and open life before others. The Bible has a lot to say about honesty. You might say, well, how does that really involve church, right? Because I, I know I'm supposed to be honest. And, and I, I thought about it that uh, my guess is when you go to work, you look slightly different than uh, you look when you're here. And, and that there are times when uh, the way you dress or the way you talk might be different than you do it depending on who you're around. You see, uh, the issue is we're, we're always trying to put on a mask. You know, Halloween's coming up, and, and you're supposed to put on a mask or a costume or something. You're supposed to present yourself a certain way. Uh, you know what? It's really important that when we talk about church that we're, we're as, as honest in ourselves as we can be. For a couple of reasons. So first of all, uh, just this idea of honesty in general. Uh, in the Gospel of John, uh, John writes, quoting Jesus, about honesty. And really just a few of those, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Can't get around that. Or Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. 
how important truth is in that. And then Jesus said to me, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. There is no way around it how important truth and honesty is. The heart attitude is in regard to uh, this truthfulness and honesty and openness with others. This is the exact opposite of what we see on social media. We tend to see the nice stuff, right? That we kind of get a picture and it just seems that, that everybody's life is great. Unless maybe someone's one of those people that likes to do that uh, vague blogging where they put something out there and go, wow, I had a really rough day because what they're wanting is someone to go, really? Tell me about it. You see, that tends to not be the issue. It tends to be that everyone says, hey, look at what we did. Look at where we went. I, I caught myself this weekend. We went to a concert on Friday and we smiled and it was great. And, and, and we didn't talk about the traffic to get there and the traffic to leave. And, and, and we paid way too much for the, probably for the tickets and definitely for the food. But we had a good time. We got to be together and that's what matters, right? You see, you kind of miss the whole story because why would I talk about that? Here we are having a great time. And yeah, here's all the bad stuff that happened too. That doesn't even make sense. And so we want to make sure that when we're interacting, we are doing it in an honest way. When a person is redeemed by God through Jesus Christ, something happens. There is a declaration in your life, scripture refers to as justification. Justification is a, a legal term that has to do with uh, coming before, uh, before God and instead of the judge saying, you're innocent, if you guys have, have watched any uh, law or court movies, they never say you're innocent, they say not guilty. Yet something incredible happens when we come before God in Jesus Christ, when we're forgiven of our sins, we actually are called innocent. You see, that's justification because the righteousness of God is what is put on us. But, but look, we're, we need to be honest here because even though we are justified in Jesus Christ, we know we're not, right? And so my wife is sitting here. She could tell you. She's like, oh, I know. And if we're honest about it, every one of us could say, look, I know that in Christ I am forgiven, I am justified. But I know what's in my heart, and it's not near as good as others think. I know what's in my mind. I know it's not. And so there is always this, this push and pull between the, the new creation we are in Christ and the... Uh, well, the old self in the flesh, right? We're constantly being pulled between the two. And so what ends up happening is we, we don't want people at church to know, right? We don't want them to know, yeah, I kind of messed up. This is what's going on with me. But, but ultimately, if we're going to be open and honest, we're going to then grow. We got to admit it. I had a, a student this week 
miss her exam, midterm exam, always shocking to me that she would miss her exam. I, I get the one sometimes I slept through it. Oh, that's sad. But this one came with pictures. It was her tire and it was shredded. Well, see, that's a way to be open and honest. And, and the only way to get help is to admit you have a problem, right? She didn't try and roll in saying, well, I know I've got issues, but, but I think I can make it. No, she pulled over. She, she called for help, right? Probably her dad, AAA, and then sent me pictures. I am on my way. And, I, and, and her, her email was, was really clear. It was almost like there were tears because I honestly would have had tears if that was my tire. You see, you got to admit when there's an issue in order to get the help that you need. That's why we're talking about this today. You see, we have to first say, yes, I know, I'm a sinner in need of help. That's what Jesus does for us. He forgives our sin. And then begins, begins a process. It's that process of discipleship and what scripture calls sanctification. It's just a fancy word for becoming more like Jesus, right? That's what it means. And sanctification works far better when you know that you're not already sanctified. Past tense. No, it's a process. All right, so, so this is the way Paul talked about it. Ephesians 4, starting in verse 20, he says, but that's not the way you learned Christ, right? As in from me and those who taught you. He says, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off the old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. To put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Okay, so this is that picture of here I am, I've got dirty clothes on, I need to take them off and put on something new. But it takes time and it's a process, but it's acknowledging that you need to do it. Verse 25, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. That, that is so incredibly powerful that you would put away falsehood, that, that fakeness, that, that, that pretense that you've set up and said, hey, I'm, I've got everything figured out, everything's great, and that you would actually be someone who speaks truth. The Greek word for truth here it can be translated as truth, fact, or reality. So the, the Christian believer, having put away falsehood, is to speak reality with his neighbor. That's powerful, right? So we're not just, well, let me speak my truth to you. That's, that's not even not a thing. You know that, right? You hear it a lot. 
No, it, it's let me speak reality. Let me describe what's really going on in my life and, and in this situation, not just the way I see it. And then to your neighbor. Neighbor is the person that you're accountable to the law, to the commandments, right? So you're not to lie to your neighbor, you're not to covet your neighbors, you're not to steal from your neighbor. And so your neighbor then are all those you're accountable to. That, that's a really big, broad category. Colossians 3.9, Paul wrote, do not lie to one another. That seems clear. Seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, right? Put off the old self, put the lie away and speak truth. This does seem to indicate that our old selves were dishonest. That's me. That's how I was. That's how I, I am. Right? Because not just justified and that I'm forgiven, but that I'm still in a process of sanctification. And so I still mess up and I'm still dishonest at times. Hopefully less now than I used to be. Right? I'm getting better at it. Not being dishonest. And so the context of, of chapter 3 of Colossians, Paul goes on, right? In, in starting in verse 1 of that, he says... If you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things of the earth. For you've died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is in your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And then Paul lists what is earthly. He says sexual immorality, impurity, passions, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. He says, look, you got you to put those things away and set your sight on things that matter. Well, why are we dishonest? Because we really care more about what other people think of us than what God thinks of us. You are responsible then to be open and honest to speak truth to your neighbor. I have three ways to do that here. The first one is obvious, and we've already mentioned it, by not lying. Right? We are going to be speak truth by not lying. And there are times for some of us, uh, lying ends up being like when you're driving and you see a police car. And it doesn't matter how fast you're going, you hit the brake. Right? You're like, oh, I must have been speeding even though you weren't lying ends up being like that. You, you go to say something, someone asks you something and the response that comes out of your mouth isn't truthful, not because you had a reason to not be truthful, but it's like a reaction. And so we have to put that away, put that aside. Proverbs 19, 9, a false witness will not go unpunished, and he who breathes out lies will perish. A witness, again, another legal term, the person that's, that's called in to give an account of what they saw. And if you're not a credible witness, then you can't be trusted 
right? The judge would say, instruct the jury to discount what that witness has said. Well, could you imagine, though, that your job is to represent Christ, to speak truth, to say, here's what I believe, here's what God has done in my life, and the people around you would go, we need to disregard the testimony of that witness because he's not credible, right? That's, that's the danger of not being honest and lying, that people wouldn't trust you, that the people around you, your relationships would be damaged and hurt. And then Proverbs 12.22, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. I was thinking about this. What about that uh, proverbial little white lie? Is that okay? I've, I've heard Christians uh, actually come down on both sides of this. No, you should never lie. It's a sin. And then, and then you get the ones that are a bit more practical and they'll say something like, um, if you want your marriage to last, you might have to. Uh, and so, I, I would certainly say this. I, I actually did a little bit of research on this to see what people say. And they said, well, well, kind of the intention of the lie matters. And I, I think that's just a shady way of getting around it. I'd be careful of that. Uh, ultimately, uh, what my wife and I decided is when those questions come up, like, how do I look in this? It's to be honest, but to not be mean. Right? Because you could be honest and mean. You know, that is horrible, and people will laugh if they see you wear that. Or you could just be honest. You know what? That just isn't flattering to you. There's a big difference between those. I think sometimes we kind of get over the fact that because we're supposed to be honest, we can then also be a jerk. No, let's be honest, but also be loving in all things. So we're going to make sure that we're responsible to speak truth by not lying. Number two, we're going to be responsible to speak truth by not misleading others. Because we have a tendency to want to make others think better of us. A, a, I'm differentiating that it might be misleading Yet, this may be intentional or not. This is basically just another form of lie, that you have misled someone. That you're letting them believe something that's just not true. <laughs> Proverbs twenty six nineteen. I, I like this one. Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is a man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. How's that for an extreme? I put your life on the line. I know you're in danger. I was just kidding. Isn't it okay if I, if I say I was just kidding? Right? That it's possible that we could mislead others and go, well, I didn't technically lie. If you have to qualify that statement with the word technically, then you lied, right? I, I didn't actually use the words that were a lie, so I think that's okay, isn't it? No, then you lied. 
right? So not lying, not misleading others. And then number three, not withholding the truth. That, that means that you would let people believe something that's not true. You didn't, you didn't intentionally lie, but, but there's a lie out there, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> that there's a lie out there and you were okay, others believing it. When my wife and I were buying our, our first house, money was tight, right? We're, we're young, money was tight, and uh, the, the uh, builder that was building the house, they said, we've got a plan. We can help you guys out with your down payment. We're like, okay, sounds good. What can we do? They said, well, what we like to do is that when someone is referred then we actually give them something. They get a finder's fee when they've been referred. And so here's what we'll do. You have a family member you trust. You give us their name. And when we, we get their name, we're going to send them a check, a couple thousand dollars. And then because you trust them, they're going to then just hand that over to you. We do this all the time. I said, Wow, a couple thousand dollars. Sounds good. And we, we kind of were caught up in the moment, I'll be honest. Kind of work things out. This will work. We could do this. That's a couple grand. That'll help us a lot. We get in the car and we're, we're driving. And then we started talking about it. So, well, I don't even know if that's legal. It certainly doesn't sound ethical. It doesn't sound honest. Oh, it's okay. Everybody does it. That must be okay. And then we had to go back. I don't remember if I called or we actually physically went back. I called them and said, yeah, we don't feel comfortable doing that. Right? Because we would give a name of a family member, you'd send them a check, and, and it's this whole pretense that they had, had referred us, but they didn't really refer us, and, and, and just to get a couple thousand dollars, it's just not worth it to us. They were flabbergasted because they hadn't had anybody turn down this opportunity. And now, granted, a couple thousand dollars at the time would have mattered a lot, but would it have mattered more than our integrity, our honesty, our witness? Those are people that, that we, we presented ourselves as Christians, that we were representing Christ as we were buying this house. Our neighbors, we, we talked to neighbors after that. They're like, yeah, we, we took the money. I'm like, oh, okay. We, we, we chose not to do that. We were representing Christ. We didn't want our testimony to be disqualified. Now, now look, I would, I would love to be able to say that every time there was an iffy situation, I always chose right. Okay, that's not what I'm saying because I've messed up plenty. But there's often a situation where everyone else just assumes, here's a, a, a way to do this. You're not actually lying. You're not actually presenting yourself in this way. So it's okay. 
We're taking care of it. We're, we're, we're bearing the moral burden. No, we were bearing the moral burden and, and we weren't okay with it. We, we can't just let a situation that's not right, that's misleading, go. James 4.17 says it so clearly. Whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, that's sin. I don't think there's any way around that. If you know it's right and you're like, I'm just not going to do it because it's hard. I'm not going to do it because it's awkward. Because people are going to be uncomfortable if we say this or do this. I'm not going to do it. If that's the case, James said it, it's sin. You have a responsibility then to make it right. The hard part might be the openness, right? You might, you might go through, well, I have a responsibility not to lie, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be at church. I'm going to interact with my neighbors. I'm going to represent Christ and, and I'm not going to lie, Okay. That, that saying bothers me, by the way. I'm not going to lie. Well, I hope not. And so right from the start, I'm not going to lie. I can, I can get away with not lying. But can I be open and honest with people? Now, what kind of open and honesty are we talking about? It doesn't mean that I need to wear a t-shirt with every problem I'm dealing with so I can just get it out there. Everybody doesn't need to know everything about you, everything that's going on in your life. But there are definitely people in your life that should know what's going on, right? That, that, that your ministry leaders should be the one that knows, you know, I'm really struggling right now. And, and so kind of the, the way I've always figured it is, ladies, there should be women in your life that you can call and text, sit down with and say, will you pray for me? Here's how I'm struggling right now. Here's what's going on in my life. And, and it's hard. And I'm here for you too. Men, by the way, I start with the ladies because it's easier for them. They tend to do that for the most part. Men, we tend to not do that. We tend to not be open because it's uh, not manly. And yet I have, I have been more moved by men coming to me and sharing their struggles and being open and vulnerable before God and asking for prayer and being held accountable than, than any. And so men, if you don't have someone that you can send that text to, that call, sit down with and say, here's how I'm struggling, then, then before you leave today, you got to talk to somebody and say, can I, can I send you a text this week? Can I call you? Can we sit down this week? Because you got to be talking to someone. You got to be sharing. Here's what's going on. Here's how I'm struggling. And then, of course, the other side of that is just as important that when they call you, text you, you, you respond. 
and you don't do lip service to prayer. Uh, what that means is the, the Christian, I'll pray for you, and then you don't. That, that's, just, that's just horrible. When, when, you know, well, I'll pray for you. No, you, you pray. You write it down. Hold on a minute. Let me make a note. It's a little personal. I won't write it down specifically, but I'm going to put a note. I'm going to be praying for you. Then better yet, stop where you're at right there and say, can I pray for you right now? Very seldom have I said, can I pray for you? And they always say yes. And I say, can I pray right now? Very seldom has someone said, yeah, no, I feel I'm a little uncomfortable about that. Every once in a while, most people are like, yeah, that would be great. And, and I love seeing Christians in public praying for each other because I know what that means. That means that there's two people that have, that have stopped and invested in each other's lives, that they've been open and honest and said, you know what, this moment of vulnerability Maybe it's something coming up that's going on in their life. There's an interview. There's, there's, uh, you know, I'm just having this this issue with a family member or something at at uh, at work or whatever. And then someone else who stepped in and said, "Let me speak into your life because prayer is that important." You know, God works when His people pray. You guys know this, right? It's one of those things that scripture is so clear about that we're to pray like the woman who keeps bugging the judge for justice. Wow, that just sounds annoying, but that's what Jesus told us to do. Keep bugging people. Keep going to the Lord in prayer and bugging him and saying, come on, this is what's going on. And we're to do that on behalf of others, not just asking for ourselves. So the hard part might be the openness. It might be the saying to someone else, this is hard. But it's worth it. James 5.16, James tells Christians, confess your sins to one another. We don't confess our sins to one another because they have the ability to forgive us. We, we confess our sins to one another because they have the ability to pray for us, to support us, to hold us accountable. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. I take those words seriously. That's the power of prayer. The result of being open and honest with your brothers and sisters is that they're going to know you're human like they are. That's what the result is. I, I think part of it is we're afraid because it seems like the people around us have everything figured out. And if I tell them that area where I'm struggling, I, I think they're going to look at me and go, you haven't figured that out yet, man? I, I figured that out years ago. Or I've never struggled like that. And yet instead what happens, like 
without fail, you say, here's where I'm struggling. And they're like, man, I've been there. I've been there. I'm, I'm here for you. Let me help you. Let me come alongside and support you. An incredible thing happens. And the difference between a church where people are open and honest and the one that isn't is so clear from the outside. When people show up, they can tell the difference. Part of it's a warmth and affection that happens in the church because there's people who genuinely care about each other. I realize that some of what we're talking about is deep. It's hard, right? And you're like, I thought I was just going to church and I'm supposed to you know, like sing a nice song and then we'll leave. I'll get a cup of coffee. Everything will be good. But, but you're saying I got to like tell people how I feel. We're not all at the same place at the same time. I get that. And, and typically what happens is you grow in your faith. You also grow in, in recognizing what you're dealing with. And so you may not be there with some things, but some you are. Well, that's what you share. So if maybe this is new to you, you're like, I'm still just testing the waters here at this church. Yeah, keep that in mind. That's okay. Ultimately, the goal would be that you join in community. If maybe the gospel is something that, that you've just started wrestling with, then I would encourage you to investigate God's word, sit down with, with other believers, people that, are, that are, uh, have walked with the Lord longer. Uh, what scripture says is that we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So we trust him. We believe that he is who he says he is and that he'll forgive our sins. I have some next steps for you today. Uh, First of all, number one, I trust the Lord to forgive my sins, right? That he died on the cross to pay for my sins. I trust him. Uh, The second one that uh, my next step, step today is to evaluate whether I have been open and honest with others. Have I either, either willfully, intentionally misled them or, or allowed them to believe something that wasn't true? And so if that's true, then I have a responsibility to set that right. And then the third one is that I would sit down with a mature believer and share. That mature means mature than you. Right, Someone who's walked with the Lord a little longer, a little deeper in their faith and, and share with them. And then be willing to listen when someone wants to talk to you as well. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we are truly grateful that you are a God who hears our prayers, forgives our sin, works in our lives to justify us, to grow us into the likeness of Christ as you sanctify us, Father, that you have given us the church, that we can share our struggles with one another as we support one another. Father, how incredible it is, the church, that it's not just a 
people I meet with on Sunday. But it's a family, a community, where we invest in each other's lives to encourage one another, support one another. And Father, I pray for each one here that as we evaluate really how we've, we've come across and what we've said, that if we need to go make changes, you give us the courage to do that. But we take that next step to say, yes, Lord. Now, I believe your church uh, is important. And I can be honest with my brothers and sisters. We thank you. We thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen.